Welcome to the Musings of Our Hearts, a Jesus Youth podcast on the lives of saints. Hi everyone, welcome back. Um, today we're going to be reflecting on Blessed Francesco of Fabriano. Francesco's father was a physician and he loved the poor. Um, but when Francesco was young, even though his father was a physician, uh, he became really ill and there was no... Um, there's nothing that was really making him better. So his mom um, said that they'll take a pilgrimage as a family to the grave of St. Francis of Assisi. And as soon as they got there, um, he became better. So while in Assisi, though, um, Brother Angelo prophesied that Francesco would join the order. And this made uh, his Francesco's parents really happy and love him all the more. They also were very pious people. And so these, um, this prophecy and also the, the thought that uh, their son would be consecrated to the Lord was a blessing for them. So when he was 17, he felt a strong impulse to consecrate himself to God in the order of St. Francis. And his parents, um, of course, gave their consent. He became known as a progressive member um, in the order, though, because of his emphasis on uh, the promotion of theological education. So St. Francis, especially in the beginning of the order, really wanted to live a simple life. And he really tried to promote an idea of just being with God in prayer and a certain simplicity and not holding on too much to to reason and thought to guide their belief, as we discussed yesterday. But even in this, of course, um, the Lord also worked through many of the Franciscans to come into a fullness of both faith and reason and simplicity in that too. And um, Blessed Francesco is definitely one of them. But he lived entirely uh, at the service of the poor. And so he um, was with them. He took care of them personally. And then he also nurtured a devotion to the souls of purgatory to whom he would dedicate all of his good works and um, charitable acts and the masses that he celebrated. So one day um, he heard numerous voices in an empty church um, when he said, may they rest in peace. And so this was believed to be the voices of the souls he was celebrating the mass for. On his deathbed, he miraculously cured a, a sick person, and his body is still incorrupt and in the friar, and is at the friar minor in Fabriano to this day. Yeah, an amazing saint, right? Yeah. Uh, he's still a blessed, but uh, his body is incorrupt. And uh, when I when I was writing about this saint, I was like, man, I was just thinking about the time that he was born in. Mm. He he died. Uh, he actually, sorry, he actually was born a few years after Francis's death, mm. right? So, and many of uh, Francis's uh, companions. Uh, companions were still alive. He he saw them, brother Leo and brother Angelo, and uh, he he wrote extensively about Francis's life too. What mm. happened? You know how he got the stigma, everything, firsthand yeah. information. And he was a great scholar. So the way he wrote, you know, it was a big blessing to the community as well. Mm. Uh, when I look into his family, you know, his father was a physician. Yeah. But he was honored. Uh, he got more honor than a physician, a normal physician would, because he was on top of that, you know, he was uh, very pious. Mm -hmm. And he himself used to pray the divine office. Maybe little Angelo picked it up from his dad. Who knows? <laughs> but, you know, it, it's really amazing how what a pious family they had when everybody 
you know, had no hope on uh, uh, little Francesco. He, mm-hmm. her, his mom said, okay, let's go for, go to see his patron Saint Francis, yeah. Francesco, you know, Saint Francis and go. And he gets healed there. Yeah. And then this boy then, you know, as see Francis has handpicked <laughs> this little Francesco to be his uh, follower or yep. whatever it is. Um, and he, he went on to become a Franciscan. And this boy had such intellect that, you know, he, 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 he knew Latin even when he was 10. And uh, uh, such a scholar he was. He wrote extensively and most of his work, you know, is not there. Mm. So that's what they say. And many historians say that he's, he was one of the best, you know, well-educated, one of the most intellectual friars they have ever seen, like that. So uh, more than that, you know, uh, uh, when we look into his family, like we, we see how uh, the piety of the parents, how it affects children mm. and how what parents could do to nurture vocation in the life of the children. You know, very frequently we heard in our saint stories, like sometimes their parents said, oh, you can't. Yeah. You know, even when the child gets a touch, like, you know, their parents or the other ladies like, oh, no, this guy is <laughs> mad or something like that. But here we see a family where, you know, uh, Christ was their king and who was controlling their life yeah. or guiding their life. And what a joy to see such families. You know, as a Jesuit, I have seen many families like that. I was in, I myself was inspired to see many families like that. And I said, oh, yeah, I want to be, you know, uh, when I grow up, I want to have a family like that. So uh, definitely, you know, like Pope John Paul II says, like, you know, this time, this is the time when we need more witnesses than preachers. Mm-hmm. And if at any time in the past, if anybody listened to any preachers, that's because they had a witnessing life. Right. So uh, witnessing life is something that, you know, the world needs at this moment. And all the time, witnesses made a big change yeah. um, in there. And another thing about Francesco's life is like, uh, you know, even with all these academic pursuits, he had a deep interior life mm. where he prayed. And it is said, like, you know, he used to sleep only a little bit so that he will get more time to pray. Oh, man, I was like, <laughs> oh, boy, that's a big challenge to me as well. Like, you know, he, he cut down on his sleep. He cannot cut down on the people who want to hear his, con- uh, whom confession he, he has to hear. And uh, he has to serve the poor. He has to take care of the friars, you know, their needs and all these stuff. Only thing he could cut was, you know, the time for his own sleep and the way he ate, all those stuff. That really touched me. So definitely he was a man of prayer. And the pi- and his piety and his holiness, even after his death, you know, his mm-hmm. body is incorrupt. That is definitely a sign of holiness. Yeah, for me, Francesco um, also represents. He's uh, he's blessed, and but I've never heard of him before too. And so he's one of these saints that um, that is not popular, but at the same time, whose life and witness continue to inspire and motivate me to, yeah, to reach for the heights of holiness and to do more and to give more. And more than anything, than his um, parents and even his education and his background and his context is how he chose to live his life. And this you'll see is is consistent with every saint we've talked about is that he lives it for the other. Mm-hmm. If that's in solitude and he's living com- totally and completely for God, if the saint is that way or, you know, living for God, but ministering to God and in, in service and acts of charity. So a life that is completely self-emptied out and completely given 
for the poor mm. or also in mm. like a monastery completely for mm-hmm. God, but also there, there's so much activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, prayer is not a, <laughs> mm. by no means just like a passive mm. act. So, um, so this again, in, in his life, seeing that witnessing to that where, yeah, he gave himself completely to the poor. He took care of the needy and um, he reached out to even the spiritual needs of his brothers. And that, that life of of self the self emptying love, I again the more I'm reflecting on the saints, the more I I wouldn't say I'm accusing myself, but it's making me look more and more deeply into my life and saying, "Come on, empty yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, give yourself to the other. Why are you Why are you holding back? Like, what what blocks are there? What's preventing you? What fears or lies am I holding on to that think that make me feel that, oh, I'm losing something (laughs) if Mm. I empty myself. So when here we continue to be blessed by the promise of, of that self-emptying love that yes, like Mm -hmm. his body is incorrupt. Mm -hmm. What have I to gain by holding (laughs) on to like my body and my Mm -hmm. needs? Mm -hmm. Give, 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 Mm -hmm. empty yourself. These saints are constantly crying out these words Mm -hmm. to me. Yeah, you know, yesterday at night, while I, before I went to sleep, you know, I was reflecting on his life and uh, I was like, what is it that the Lord is inspiring me specifically to get from his life? Mm-hmm. So two things stood out was like, you know, the real balance he had in his life. In, even in his busy schedule, he had time to pray, he had time to study, he, he was working for the poor. I'm like, when I look into as a spiritual person or a person who want to be more spiritual, what are these things that there, where there is not a real balance in my life? Mm. You know, like prayer. How is my prayer? Mm-hmm. You know, how is my fasting? How, how is my, you know, uh, intellectual pursuit? Like, you know, studying or learning more about God or all these things and my duties. So I, I went and looked all over there and I could see here and there some pieces missing. I knew that I cannot fix all of these on all of a sudden. Every saint speaks to us in a specific way. But yesterday... For the benefit of our, uh, you know, listeners, I'm just sharing this. It's a humble desire from my heart. So you also pray for me, <laughs> like, you know, uh, fasting. Mm. It is said that he used to fast on bread and water. Mm-hmm. So there was a time in my life I really was into fasting and I got very sick. I had this hyperacidity even from my, you know, school days. So mm. my spiritual directors many times prevented me from fasting. Mm. They said, you cannot give uh, give a food because then I have to take more medicine to kill the acid Mm. and the after effects of that. So they said, you can do that. So I I was so sad that I cannot fast. It's not that, you know, there there are no other ways of fasting. Like, you know, I could fast many other stuff, but I really wanted to do that. But then I heard about this Medjugorje fasting where that was in the tradition of the church earlier where uh, the church members used to, apostles, Our Lady, everybody used to fast two times on bread and water alone, Mm -hmm. Wednesday and Friday. That is because, you know, Thursday is the day of Eucharist. So to prepare for that, we fast Wednesday and we receive Eucharist on Thursday. You know, it's think about Eucharist, Jesus, the bread of life. And then not to go away from it, you fast on Friday. And also Friday is the day of our Lord's Passion. There are many explanations to this, but I'm just quickly running through these things. So fasting on Wednesday and Friday on bread and water was a big thing to me. Mm. Like, you know, but then I became very sick at some point in my life where 
you know, sick, very sick. Like, yeah. so then again, my spiritual director told me, you can't Don't fast at this time, but you can do many things. But I was thinking like, uh, you know, with the help, uh, with the instruction of my spiritual director itself, like, you know, going to this bread and water fasting, like in a little bit better way like that. And also uh, that was about fasting. And another thing, uh, luckily today was Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> so and another thing is like uh, um, uh, about, you know, the one of the devotion he had, mm the prior to uh, uh he has such a uh, devotion to uh, such a devotion to uh, the souls in purgatory the picture we chose was like something like you know he was saying mass it was a picture by a famous italian painter giuseppe where which shows how he's saying mass and souls in purg- souls from purgatory is just going to heaven like that so from the you know the church always teaches us that you know uh, there are you know these three churches the church triumphant who already mm-hmm. in heaven the church uh, suffering in purgatory and the church militant mm-hmm. us on the earth so these three you know the parts of the church our yeah. universal church so maybe we can close today's uh, you know um this small session with uh, a prayer for the souls in purgatory yeah um i know for sure you know uh, say uh, blessed francesco also would be praying with us um it, this prayer was given to saint gertrude uh we, we still don't know how many souls will get there you know there is not <laughs> yet there is a uh, uh, clear clarity of, of, about that in the church but definitely this is a prayer given to her by uh God, uh, Jesus himself, and this prayer saves souls. So let's pray that. And also let us remember the other quote that we had for today, uh, where St. Augustine says, like, you know, without God, you we cannot do anything. But without us, God will not. So our prayers, our intervention is needed in the course of the history. And he also said, like, you know, pray as if everything depended on God. And do everything as if everything depended on you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these souls in purgatory, they depend on us. And so many things, even the course of this world depends on our prayer. So let's just pray this prayer uh, with St. Gertrude. Eternal Father, I offer you the most precious blood of the divine Son, Jesus, in union with the masses said throughout the world today, for all the holy souls in purgatory, for sinners everywhere, for sinners in the universal church, for those in my own home and in my family. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening.